Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back to Islamic History Exclusive. This is the podcast exclusively for Patreon subscribers of the Islamic History Podcast. And we are currently discussing the struggle between Ibn Zubair and the Umayyads. We are on the sixth episode of Ibn Zubair's battle. And before we begin, let's do a brief recap of the previous episode. We discussed how Ibn Khazim took over Khorasan, and though he he was initially appointed as an Umayyad governor or an Umayyad representative by an Umayyad governor, in his heart he really supported Ibn Zubair, and as soon as he had the ability, he captured most of Khorasan for Ibn Zubair. He also mentioned how the Khawarij of Mecca broke off from Ibn Zubair and how we discussed how they initially thought Ibn Zubair might be their kind of leader, but they changed their mind when they learned of his uh, position and his um, opinion of Uthman, and they disagreed with him on his opinion of Uthman. The Khawarij disliked Uthman, whereas Ibn Zubair thought he was a righteous person. And so the Khawarij of Mecca, they left Mecca, went to Basra and briefly joined forces with the Khawarij of Basra. But this alliance did not last long and eventually the Khawarij of Basra uh, began to fight amongst each other and the Khawarij disintegrated into a bunch of different rival groups. And then we finally discussed Ibn Zubair's reconstruction of the Kaaba. We mentioned how the Kaaba had been damaged during the siege of Mecca. It had caught on fire. Several missiles had hit it. The walls were beginning to buckle. So Ibn Zubair ordered the entire building to be torn down and rebuilt. However, he left the foundation intact and the black stone was kept within the foundation on a pedestal so that people could continue to make tawaf during the rebuilding process. And so with that, let's turn our attention towards Kufa. In Kufa, Ibn Zubair is nominally and nominally in control. His governor has established Ibn Zubair's authority in Kufa. However, there are there is another very strong group in Kufa, and that is of course the Shia, the Shiites, the party of Ali, the Shia to of Ali. And remember that at this point of time, the Shiites are not the separate group that we see them now. They're not the separate and distinct sect from the Sunni Muslims as we see now. Shiites, at this point of time, they is really just a political party, nothing more. It is They don't have a separate legal system and all this other kind of stuff that we have now. Um, Shiites at this time are just people, regular Muslims. Many of them are still, many of them are companions as, as we'll soon see just regular Muslims who just believe that Ali ibn Abi Talib should have been the caliph and also are very angry about the way Ali was treated, the way Hassan ibn Ali was treated, and almost and most of all, how Hussein ibn Ali and the members of his family were treated and pretty much destroyed during the Battle of Karbala. So there are really two groups of Shiites in Kufa. We're going to get into them in just a moment. The two groups are the penitents, and we'll discuss them in just a moment, and then the Shiites who are followers of a man named Mukhtar. We're going to get into both of them right now. First, the penitents. In Arabic, they're known as At-Tawabun. These were the Shiites in Kufa 
who were ashamed and upset with themselves for having abandoned Hussein ibn Ali during the Battle of Karbala. And so they called themselves Atawabun, meaning the penitents, because they wanted to make penance for their failure for supporting Hussein ibn Ali. So even before all of this stuff has started, Ever since, basically, the Battle of Karbala, when Hussein was killed, ever since then, up until now, this is roughly three years after the Battle of Karbala. The Battle of Karbala was in 61 AH. We're now in roughly 63, going into 64 AH. For this whole period of time, the penitents had been planning and plotting and preparing secretly a revolt against the Umayyad uh, dynasty, the Umayyad government. The penitents, or the Tawabun, they were led by a man named Sulaiman ibn Surad, who may have been a companion. There are different, uh, there are different sources as to whether he was a companion or not, but there seems to be a, to be a strong proof, at least. In Tariq Atabri, he's claimed to be, he is uh, mentioned as a companion of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So. For the now, we'll just go ahead and say that Sulaiman ibn Surad was a companion. He becomes their leader of the he becomes a leader of the Shi'ats or the Sha'iya or the penitents, particularly in Kufa. But even though they pledge to kill and event to kill those who were responsible for Hussein ibn Ali's death, even though they plan to avenge his death, they are not quite ready. And Sulaiman ibn Surad, he's very clever with it all. He try, he does all this build up in secret, and he sees the faltering of Umayyad power in Kufa, and so he basically has his followers preparing to for for revolution against the Umayyads, but not coming out being very secretive with it. And so when Yazid ibn Muawiyah died, many of the penitents, they wanted to attack the Umayyads right then and there. But Sulaiman ibn Surad, he convinced them to remain patient and to see how things turned out. And sure enough, after Yazid ibn Muawiyah died, the penitents, their, their group began to grow even larger. At first, everything, while Yazid ibn Muawiyah was alive, and while the Umayyad authority was strong in Iraq, people everything was done in secrets in secrecy. So they weren't they could only grow their organization but so big. But after Yazid ibn Muawiyah died and Umayyad control fell apart in Kufa, many people began to join the penitents, the Tawabun, and now the group is fairly large. And so now that the, their group is growing and they're getting strong and the authority in Kufa seems to be uh, kind of wavering, Ibn Zubair's authority is there, but remember he doesn't really have full control yet. He, doesn't have a, he hasn't really strongly established his authority yet. Sulaiman Ibn Surad, he begins to write to other known supporters, other known supporters of Ali, other leading members of the Sharia to Ali and other areas and convincing them to send him support and to support him in his upcoming revolution and his attempt to get vengeance for the death of Hussein ibn Ali. And so that is one group of Shiites in Kufa, and this is actually the largest group of Shiites in Kufa, the penitents or the Tawabun led by Sulaiman ibn Surad. The second group of Shiites in Kufa, they're much smaller than the penitents, and they don't really have an official name, but they are people who follow a man named 
Mukhtar ibn Ubaid. So before we get into their group in general, we're going to have to go dive into the history of Mukhtar ibn Ubaid himself. So Mukhtar ibn Ubaid was an early supporter of Hussein ibn Ali. And we have mentioned way back in the Islamic History Podcast, Season 3, Episode 6, we briefly discussed how Mukhtar had supported Hussein's cousin, Muslim ibn Aqil. And I don't want to get too far into that because you can go listen to the episode if you need to refresh your memory about what happened. But while Hussein ibn Ali was in Mecca, after Muawiyah died, the Shiites of Kufa began writing him letters saying that uh, the tyrant, speaking of Muawiyah, is died, we don't have leader, come here and we will rally around you and support you in your fight against the Umayyads. And so Hussein ibn Ali, after he receives all these letters, he sends his cousin, a man named Muslim ibn Aqil, to Kufa to try to determine if all of this is really true and try to establish his support and basically act as his representative in Kufa until Hussein ibn Ali is able to to get there himself along with his family and then lead the revolution. So Muslim ibn Aqil does go to Kufa and one of the first people he meets is this man named Mukhtar ibn Ubaid. And he stays with Mukhtar for a little while. And let's see what happens now. We're going to go into that right now. Mukhtar promised to support Muslim ibn Aqil in his attempt to build support for Hussein ibn Ali. And so they only met briefly uh, when Muslim ibn ibn Aqil first arrived in Kufa. Muslim and Mukhtar, they discussed, and Mukhtar promised to give him support. However, after Muslim ibn Aqil left Mukhtar's home, he began. Muslim ibn Aqil was trying to drum up support for Hussein. There was some confusion in Muslim ibn Aqil's plans, and when Muslim ibn Aqil really needed Mukhtar's support, Mukhtar didn't show up. It's not that Mukhtar didn't want to help. He wasn't one of those who turned against Hussein ibn Ali. He wasn't one of those who were scared to support Hussein ibn Ali. It's just that in the communication and the the um, perhaps the the weakness of Muslim Ibn Aqil's planning, whatever, however that may have turned out, um, for whatever reason, everything didn't coordinate at just the right time. So Mukhtar did join one of the camps of those people who pledged to support Hussein Ibn Ali, but they actually didn't do any action. And so with all the plans confusion, this group that Mukhtar had joined, they didn't actually do anything. Eventually, if you go back and listen to season three, episode six, you, uh, of course, will learn that Muslim Ibn Aqil was eventually captured and he was executed by Ubaidullah Ibn Ziyad. So after Muslim Ibn Aqil's plan had failed and Ubaidullah Ibn Ziyad, he reestablishes control over Kufa. He starts executing anybody and everybody who had any inkling of support for Hussein Ibn Ali. At this point in time, Hussein Ibn Ali doesn't know all this. He's still in Mecca preparing for his journey to to, uh, Kufa. So eventually, Mukhtar was captured and brought forward before Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad, and he's questioned. And Mukhtar truthfully answers that he did join one of the camps, but he had never actually took up any arms against the authority, which is kind of the truth. In addition to that, a high-ranking noble was a friend of Mukhtar ibn, ibn 
of uh, Mokhtar ibn Ubaid, and he vouched for Mokhtar on and told Ibn Ubaidullah uh, ibn Ziyad that yes, he had nothing to do with those who who were part of this revolt by Hussein and by Muslim ibn Aqil. And so Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad, he spared him execution because Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad went on a tear after uh, Muslim ibn Aqil's plan failed. He went on a tear and started killing a lot of people, a lot of Shiites who had supported Hussein ibn Ali. So he spared Mukhtar, but he did hit him in the face with his uh, staff, which injured and might have even put out Mukhtar's eye. And then he had Mukhtar thrown into prison. So Mukhtar was in prison for quite a while. Eventually, Mukhtar wrote a letter to his sister. His sister's name was Safiya, and his sister was also married to Abdullah ibn Omar ibn Khattab, the son of Omar ibn Khattab. Abdullah ibn Omar was a highly respected companion. He was respected because he did not, he had, he had given the pledge to the Umayyads. He did make bear to the Umayyads, and so the uh, Umayyads respected him and loved him for that. But also, he didn't. He was his uh, knowledge was very um, was very well respected. He was seen as a religious authority among the Muslims. He he stayed in the Hijaz among the um, the companions and the and the children of the companions. His authority was well respected. Even though he didn't have any political authority, he had emotional and religious authority, even among the Muslims at that time. So being the son of Omar ibn Khattab almost certainly helped. And also being a highly respected companion of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he was considered a scholar at a time when just about everybody was scholars. So I don't think we need to, to elaborate any more on Ibn Omar's um, popularity and respect at this time. So Mukhtar's sister was married to Abdullah ibn Omar, and she's of course concerned that her brother is now in prison. She pleads with Ibn Omar to intercede on his behalf. So Ibn Omar he writes a letter to Yazid ibn Muawiyah, who is the caliph of of course. He writes a letter to Yazid ibn Muawiyah asking him to to pardon Mukhtar. Yazid ibn Muawiyah he receives Ibn Omar's letter of 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 uh, intercession, Yazid ibn Muawiyah, he then relents and he writes a letter to Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad ordering him to release Mukhtar. Ibn Ziyad is is not happy for, with this, but he's being ordered by his by his his own uh, superior, his own caliph, his ruler, basically to release to release Mukhtar, and so Ibn Ziyad reluctantly releases Mukhtar, but tells him he has three days to get out of Kufa, or or all bets are off, and he has he owes him nothing after that. And so with only three days left, Mukhtar gathers his belongings, he gets out of prison, and he flees to the Hijaz. And so Mukhtar winds up with winds up in the Hijaz and he eventually winds up in Mecca and he eventually mates with Ibn Zubair in Mecca. Now remember, this is just after uh, the Battle of Karbala, maybe a few months after the Battle of Karbala. So Medina has not been pillaged yet. Mecca has not been besieged. The Kaaba has not been set on fire. And Ibn Zubair at this time has not come out and officially made his claim to the Caliphate. And so Mukhtar meets with Ibn Zubair and they begin talking and, and he briefs Ibn Zubair on the condition of the people of Kufa. He tells Ibn Zubair that the people of Kufa are outwardly supporting the Umayyads, but inwardly they hate the Umayyads. And 
once again, this is just after Karbala. So Yazid ibn Muawiyah is alive. Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad is in control of Kufa. And the Umayyads seemingly have control over Iraq after the destruction of Hussein's ibn Ali's army. You know, well, the smaller army he had. So when Ibn Zubair hears this, that the people are outwardly supporting the Umayyads, but inwardly hating them, he says that this is a sign of evil people, or this is a sign of people who have evil intentions. The fact that they outwardly smile in their rulers' faces, but inwardly they plan to, they're plotting against them. So he's really not happy about this, but he has to, he's not really, he basically is not really happy with the way with this description of the people of Kufa. He recognized that there's a problem with the people in Kufa. Mukhtar, during this brief period that these two are talking, he encourages Ibn Zubair to openly proclaim his caliphate. And if he did this, he tells him the people of Kufa would support him. But at this time, once again, Ibn Zubair is not ready to come out openly against the Umayyads. He has heard that what happened to Hussein Ibn Ali. I'm not sure if he really fully trusted the the people of Kufa anyway after the way they they betrayed Hussein ibn Ali and didn't come out to support him. And so hearing this, that, hey, these guys who didn't support Hussein, they will support you. He probably didn't really have much confidence in that. So he didn't really respond at that time. And Mukhtar, for whatever reason, I think he felt a little bit slighted by Ibn Zubair's lack of confidence in him and lack of confidence in the people of Kufa. Mukhtar eventually left Mecca, and he begins to travel throughout the Hejaz, slowly building his own little following. After Mecca, he moves on to Ta'if, and in there in Ta'if, he begins to proclaim his desire to destroy the tyrants, that is, the Umayyad authority. And many people in Ta'if and other parts of the Hejaz, they agree to this, and they begin to follow and rally around Mukhtar. Eventually, word gets back to Ibn Zubair, and he's upset about this. He's saying this man is going to destroy, says he wants to destroy tyrants, but he's turning into a tyrant himself. Chances are, Ibn Zubair may have felt a little bit threatened about someone else encroaching on his territory in the Hejaz, but nonetheless, he has to deal with it for the time being. So a few months go by. While all this is happening, of course, you know what happened previously, the um, the Umayyads sent an army down to Medina. They pillage Medina. Then they lay siege to. We didn't. We're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. They do pillage Medina, um, and Yazid ibn Muawiyah dies, and the authority of the Umayyads is kind of in flux. So a few months go by, and Mukhtar returns to Mecca to make Umrah. By this time, Mukhtar had built himself a pretty large following from the people in Ta'if and also the people in the and many other parts of the Hejaz, but primarily his bases in Ta'if. Also by this time, Ibn Zubair had openly come out against the Umayyads, Medina had been pillaged, and the Umayyad army is making its way towards Mecca. And so Ibn Zubair's representatives, they're really concerned about Mukhtar basically dividing or taking away the support for Ibn Zubair and the Hejaz. So some of them confront Mukhtar and they they encourage him to give bayah to Ibn Zubair and join his cause. And Mukhtar, he is a he's a little bit miffed by this, a little bit upset by by the by these statements and he says that he had offered Ibn Zubair his support months ago and Zubair never never responded. He didn't he didn't accept it. And now that 
Mukhtar's following was growing, now Ibn Zubair wanted his support. And now Ibn Zubair needed Mukhtar's support. This is Mukhtar speaking, of course. Mukhtar is saying that Ibn Zubair needs my support more than I need his support. But even though he's a little upset uh, by this condescending, by these condescending statements from Ibn Zubair's uh, representatives, he agrees to meet with Ibn Zubair. So eventually they do meet, and in their discussions and their negotiations, Mukhtar agrees to support Ibn Zubair, but Ibn Zubair has to give him, he part of the negotiations, that he would support Ibn Zubair if Ibn Zubair gives him a high rank and a position of authority. Ibn Zubair agrees to that, and Mukhtar joins his forces with Ibn Zubair. And so eventually the Umayyad army, they come to Mecca, as you know, and they besiege Mecca. They set up the catapults around the mount- on the mountains surrounding Mecca. They begin launching missiles into Mecca. Um, the Kaaba is struck and many people are killed. But by all accounts, there's several accounts of Mukhtar's um, actions during the siege of Mecca. By all accounts, Mukhtar acted very bravely. He fought very hard for Ibn Zubair in the defense of Mecca. And he was one of Ibn Zubair's uh, best um, commanders during this battle. But as you know, of course, eventually Yazid ibn Muawiyah dies and the Umayyad army lifts the siege and they return to Damascus. And with that, Ibn Zubair begins to grow in strength and popularity. And as Ibn Zubair, as Ibn Zubair, as a threat is diminished now in, in the Hejaz, Ibn Zubair and Mukhtar, they start to become suspicious of each other. Ibn Zubair is, for one thing, suspicious of Mukhtar's motives in this whole thing. And Mukhtar, he is upset that Ibn Zubair had not yet given him a position of authority despite all of his efforts so far. He had fought on, on Ibn Zubair's behalf. He had given him the uh, the pledge. And as so far, Ibn Zubair is appointing governors all over the place and particularly in Khorasan, I'm sorry, particularly in Kufa and Basra, yet uh, Mukhtar is still sitting here in Mecca with no authority and no position and no kind of rank whatsoever. And so Mukhtar eventually decides to break off from Ibn Zubair. This happened while he was in Mecca. While he was in Mecca, some of the Shiites from Kufa, they come down to Mecca to make to make Umrah. And while they're in, in Mecca, they meet with Mukhtar and, they, and Mukhtar, of course, get some information from them, some intelligence from them about the situation in Kufa. So by this time, Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad had been expelled from Kufa. He's making his way towards Syria. Uh, This is what the Shiites are telling Mukhtar while they are in Mecca. And they they tell uh, Mukhtar that Kufa is in a state of confusion and there's no real leader. And even though ibn Zubair may have a representative there he's not really the shiites don't really recognize him and so with all of this mukhtar believes that this is a good opportunity for him to grow his following particularly in kufa after all he was expelled from kufa by obedullah ibn ziyad but obedullah ibn ziyad is no longer there and so he thinks that this is a good opportunity and so he leaves mecca and heads for kufa Along the way, between Mecca and Kufa, he meets up with several Shiite clans. We'll say these are basically Muslim 
clans, regular Arab clans, who has supported Ali. So don't want you to think of Shiites as, once again, as we see them today. These are just regular general Arab clans who happen to support Ali. And as he meets with these clans, he tells about his desire to take vengeance for the events at Karbala. And he also makes up a claim, and I believe is made up because I don't have any evidence that any of this was true. He claimed that he had been given this authority by uh, Muhammad al-Hanafiya, who was Ali's son, but from a different wife, not from uh, Fatima. Ali had other wives after Fatima died. Fatima, the daughter of uh, Prophet Muhammad wasallam. So he was saying that he was sent by Muhammad al-Hanafiya, who was Ali's son. And I don't know how true this is. I don't really think it is true. Allah knows best. But in any case, as he travels between Mecca and Kufa, or from Mecca to Kufa, he continues to build up his support. And so he finally returns to Kufa after having been exiled for almost three years. He returns to Kufa in the month of Ramadan, 64 AH. And at this time, most of the Shia and Kufa, as we mentioned, they were they had joined the penitents, the Tawabun and Sulaiman ibn Surad. But Mukhtar arrives in Kufa and he begins to uh, basically lay his own claim in Kufa. He begins to tell people what he wants to do to avenge the uh, death of Hussein ibn Ali and to reestablish the authority set by Hussein's father, Ali ibn Abi Talib. But Mukhtar, he keeps his actions a little bit more discreet. The um, penitents, they are very open about what they want to do in, in um, Kufa. They're in Iraq. They're not concerned. They don't respect Ibn, Ibn Zubair. The Umayyads are gone. And so the penitents are open about what they want to do. Mukhtar, he keeps his actions a little bit more under the radar. But despite all this, the penitents are far, by far and large the largest group. And uh, some of the uh, numbers I've read in Tadi Khatabri, it seems that the penitents outnumber the those who follow Mukhtar by uh, five to one. So there are five penitents for every one person who supports Mukhtar. So the penitents are pretty strong. The Tawabun, they're pretty strong in Kufa. All right, so with all this noise coming from the Shiites in Kufa, Ibn Zubair's representatives in Kufa, they're starting to realize that there's a growing threat from the Shiite community. So Ibn Zubair's representative, his name is Abdullah Ibn Yazid, he is now the governor of Kufa. When it becomes evident that the, that the Shia are planning a revolt, some of them are trying, some uh, Ibn Zubair's representatives, are. they decide to make a plan how to confront this, re, this pending revolution. Because once again, the penitents are open about their desire to revolt and to get, seek vengeance on, uh, for the death of Hussein Ibn Ali. And so Ibn Zubair's governor, Abdullah Ibn Yazid, he wants to try to head off this threat, but he doesn't want to attack the penitents outright. He doesn't want to attack the Shiites, the Shiites just yet outright without um, without having a, having an opportunity to try to convince him to join his side, because essentially he does need them. The last thing he wants to do is make uh, such a large group of people Ibn Zubair's enemies in Kufa. He needs the Shiite support if Ibn Zubair is to succeed in Kufa. 
So Ibn Zubair's governor, Abdullah Ibn Yazid, he calls the people to the masjid and he gives them a speech and he reminds them that neither him nor Ibn Zubair had anything to do with Hussein's death. And he even offers to join forces with the Shiites to fight those who were responsible for Hussein ibn Ali's death, particularly by this they mean Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad. Everybody is united in one thing, they hate Ubaidullah ibn Ziyad and they blame him for the death of Hussein ibn Ali. And so with this speech, the people began to argue with each other. There are uh, most of the people who are the Shiites, who, follow, who are the penitents, most of them, they're not accepting, they're not willing to accept ibn Zubair's authority. They're not necessarily going to fight against Ibn Zubair himself, not just yet at least, but they're not willing to accept his authority. But there are still, once again, many Shiites who don't who don't uh, necessarily become members of the penitents or among members of the Tawabun. And so these two groups in Kufa began arguing with arguing with each other. And finally the penitents decide that we're not we don't care what anybody says, we're going to do our own thing. And so Sulaiman ibn Surad, the leader of the penitents, they make an and the rest of the penitents, they make an open show of their strength by brandishing their weapons. And this was an open, basically an open statement that they are revolting and they are not going to rep recognize Ibn Zubair's authority in Kufa. So Abdullah ibn Yazid, he, while even though this is a threat to his authority, he is still reluctant to fight them because even though they're not willing to recognize Ibn Zubair's authority, the fact of the matter is their main uh gripe right now is not with Ibn Zubair, it is actually with the Umayyads. So even though they're not giving Ibn Zubair their support, even though they don't recognize his authority, he doesn't see a reason to go out and fight them. Nonetheless, probably he probably doesn't really have the strength to fight them anyway. And having a civil war in Kufa wouldn't really do Ibn Zubair any good at all. So Abdullah Ibn Yazid, Ibn Zubair's governor, decides to just well, at least they made themselves known. We know who they are. We're just going to leave them alone, and maybe they will take down the Umayyads a couple of notches on their own, and we'll deal with them later. But right now, a civil war is not what we need. And so the governor now turns his attention to Mukhtar's group. Mukhtar's group is much, much smaller than the penitents are, but still they are a, a threat, and they are a group of Shiites that he has to deal with. And so the governor and his supporters, they surround Mukhtar's home and they take him by surprise. Mukhtar wasn't wasn't ready for this. He had kept his his he had kept a lot of his movements secret, but you know, people have spies. Eventually they found out. And so they're able to surround his home and they take Mukhtar into custody. They arrest him. And once again, Mukhtar is imprisoned in Kufa. We will return to Mukhtar's story. Probably not next episode, but perhaps the episode after that. But for now, this is how it stands in Kufa. The penitents are will are ready to go out and fight the Umayyads. They do not recognize Ibn Zubair's authority. And for the moment, the threat from Mukhtar is for the moment taken care of. But of course, things never stay the same in Kufa. And so for the moment, Ibn Zubair still has nominal, though not complete, control over Kufa. In the next episode, inshallah, we will discuss, we will see how these penitents, the Atawabun, we're going to see how they fare against the Umayyads. They are not willing to follow Ibn Zubair. They're going to go out and try to take on the Umayyads on their own. We're going to see how that turns out. 
in um, reviewing this series, I can kind of see that this series about Ibn Zubair, it's going to be much shorter than the series we did on the Sirah, the life of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Um, of course, the life of Prophet Muhammad lasted much longer than Ibn Zubair's um, struggle against the Umayyads. So naturally, it would be much shorter. But also, um, it just seems as if I'm already halfway through Ibn Zubair's brief caliphate. And uh, we only did five episodes so far. So from my estimation, we might wrap this up, this series up in about 10, maybe 15 episodes at the most. I'm not really quite sure. However, I do have a plan. I do have a plan. After this series is over, there is another series that I'm working on, and we're going to go on to that one. Once this series is over, it will not be a continuation of the Umayyad dynasty. We will come back to the Umayyad dynasty sometime in the future, but I'm working on something else, and that will be, once again, uh, exclusively for uh, Patreon subscribers, subscribers of the Islamic History Podcast. So once we finish this series on Ibn Zubair, we'll go on to this new series. But inshallah, I do compl- I do plan on coming back to the Umayyad dynasty after that series is over. But for now, I'm going to keep a, f- a little bit of the stuff under wraps, and we'll, we, we will discuss it in the future, inshallah. So until next week, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.